Welcome to CapeCast Audio 20. This is the 20-minute podcast from the city of Cape Coral, Florida. I'm Connie Barron. I'm the city's public information director, and I started this podcast earlier this year with the intent of doing a regular podcast, whether it was weekly, bi-weekly, or even monthly. As things often happen, we did not get around to doing a regular program, and it has been a while since I've put one together. But I wanted to at least try to do a year-end podcast and maybe next year try to work a little bit harder on putting together a regular podcast so that we can get information out there about various topics here in the city and across the departments. But with the year wrapping up, Christmas just around the corner, I thought it might be a good idea just to talk about what has happened, at least focus on a few topics um, that occurred here in Cape Coral that might be considered significant in 2012. I think the first thing we have to remember is that we had a new city council in office this year. The council, we had three new members actually elected in November of 2011. They had a few meetings before they broke for the holidays, and then they came back in January to really take on a full slate of issues. The three candidates, the three new members who were elected, and the one incumbent that was reelected, they all campaigned on restarting the utilities extension project. And they did make good on that campaign promise. In February, they approved moving forward with Southwest 6 and 7. Now, Southwest 6 and 7 was the last area that was being debated, and it went back and forth with prior councils whether or not to move forward. They approved it, then they stopped it, then they approved it, and then they stopped it. And eventually, they just completely suspended the utilities extension program somewhere around 2008. Uh, At that time, the the utilities program would have extended utilities throughout the city of Cape Coral in a sequenced and planned uh, process, but that all came to a halt, as I said, sometime around 2008. What resulted from that, though, was the city's current customers who were on the water and sewer system saw rate increases these past few years. The rate increases became necessary because the plant that was built up in the North Cape, the North RO plant, had to be paid for. And when the plant was built, the city was really nearing the capacity that it could produce at its south reverse osmosis plant. And the plant in the North Cape did have to be built because the plan was, as I said earlier, to extend utilities throughout the city of Cape Coral. Well, when the utilities program was suspended, you still had a water plant up in the North Cape that was being built, and you really couldn't stop right in the middle of it. Um, And it was completed, but it still had to be paid for. But there were no new customers being put on the system. And so our current utility rate payers saw their water and sewer rates increase. Um, the, the, the council uh, this year 
in addition to uh, voting to move forward with Southwest 6 and 7 and put together a plan, also approved a contract with a company called Tetratech. They will be providing consulting and engineering and inspection and contract uh, oversight services to the city for Southwest 6 and 7. And they are currently reviewing the design plans that were already completed for Southwest 6 and 7 a few years ago. And they will be looking for any efficiencies and cost savings that we might be able to pull out of those designs. So uh, the plan is still to continue moving forward. There'll be other votes that have to occur next year including financing and assessments and actually authorizing the work, doing the bids. So there's a lot of work that has to be done with that. Um, The city did hire a utilities extension project manager. His name is Paul Klingham. He will be starting, actually just starting uh, here in mid-December, and he will be the liaison working in the city manager's office, and he will have uh, authority over the entire project. So we will be managing it in-house. It's a completely different process than what we used prior with the MWH uh, program manager at risk um, process. This one is uh, definitely different and it will be managed in-house. Now speaking of the city manager's office, probably one of the biggest decisions that the city council made this year was to hire a new city manager. Uh, the prior city manager was dismissed by the former count by the by the new council, and we had Steve Pullman, who's our parks director, serve as the interim city manager for a few months while the council conducted a search, and they did a nationwide search. The choice that they made was John Zerlag. John Zerlag was the city manager in Troy, Michigan, and he'd been up in Troy, Michigan for some time. Uh, He did a a short stint down here in um, Florida as a city manager, then returned to Troy, Michigan. And he was uh, selected from quite a few applicants. Um, John has many years of city manager experience. He's he's probably one of the first uh, true professional city managers that the city has had, at least in some time. Um, Prior city managers, uh, they've did excellent jobs, uh, but they were not initially uh, city managers. So it's been a very interesting process, and it's very a very in- interesting experience to work with a professional city manager. And I think that uh, I can't speak specifically for council, but I think overall the impression is that John is doing a, a pretty good job. He definitely jumped right in on the utilities extension project because that was something that city council said was a priority for them. And that's why we moved forward uh, in somewhat of a timely manner and brought a utilities extension project manager on board too. So that that's all moving forward. And uh, the city manager, uh, Mr. Zerlag, is looking at some other issues that have to be completed, uh, specifically uh, union negotiations, um, revenue, diversification. I know that's a nice fancy term, but what it basically means is we need to reform our property tax system because Cape Coral relies too heavily on property taxes to fund its budget. And that, as you know, property taxes are subject to the wild swings that we've been experiencing in property values. So it's it's probably a good idea to take a look at how we fund government operations and try to find a more stable um, 
mix of revenues so that uh, you're not so much at the mercy of the property tax appraiser, the property appraiser, uh, the decisions that are made sometimes up in Tallahassee with regard to what cities can do with their uh, ad valorem millage rates and the amount of money that uh, the cities can collect. When you have um, other outside agencies that are making decisions that impact your ability to bring in revenue, then you really have to take a look at how you're structured as far as your revenue. Not so much that you want to spend a whole bunch more money as a city, but that you just want to have something a little more stable and not quite as subject to any outside and external influences. So that's kind of where we are right now. And speaking of property values, Cape Coral did get some good news this year where our property values increased by almost 4%. And that follows several years of continual decline in the property values. And of course, when property values decline, so do property tax revenues. And when property tax revenues decline, then you have less money to fund your uh, general government operations. So it was good news to see the values go up. It's good news to see that uh, here in Cape Coral, the housing industry seems to be stabilizing a little bit and we're not seeing quite as many foreclosures as we had seen in the past. So good news along that front, and we hope that that continues into the future, that we start seeing um, some consistent increases. I don't think we're looking for the wild, crazy increases that we had a few years ago where we saw things going up 50-some percent and 30-some percent, but something a little more stable that you can at least start basing your budget and planning your uh, budget around would certainly be helpful. The hurricane season this year was very active. There were quite a few storms. It was, I believe it was the third most active hurricane season on record. But the good news is that most of these storms um, didn't impact Florida and didn't impact most of the United States. Uh, Hurricane Sandy, which was a a very, uh, as they called it, the Frankenstorm, was a, a very odd storm that ended up impacting the New Jersey and New York area uh, pretty extensively because of all the the uh, um, different elements that came into play at the precisely the worst time. So, uh, but so we really didn't have uh, any major impacts from the storm here in Cape Coral. Uh, we did just uh, plan for. Uh, one or two storms that looked like they might have some impact on our area. But all in all, it was a, uh, a decent hurricane season for the city of Cape Coral. And any time we can get through a hurricane season and come out of that unscathed with little, if any, damage, then it's, it's a good year for us. Now, we certainly do um, understand and, and our hearts go out to those residents up there in New Jersey and New York who were really hit hard at just just a horrible time um, with Hurricane Sandy and and we hope that um, they can get back on their feet soon and and I know uh, they appreciate and we all appreciate all the donations that have been sent their way so uh, with, um, um, with with a lot of help and and patience and and um, love Hopefully everyone will get back in their homes at some point or have new homes built at some point in the not-too-distant future.
One of the things um, that happened after uh, city manager John Zerlai came on board, he took another review of the city's organization, and he determined that uh, there were some services that probably were a little bit out of place. Uh, the prior city manager had made some moves and, and reorganized. One thing that he did was he carved the utilities operations out of the public works department. Probably not a bad move to, to do that because the public works department was rather large. And he, he pared that out and created a, a separate utilities department. And that department is um, currently being managed by Jeff Pearson, and he's the director. But a couple of the other moves that were made um, prior were the relocation of uh, fleet services and facilities services into the financial services department. The city manager uh, took a look at that, and then also he formed a committee to review some of these uh, situations and how these services were being managed. And the recommendation from the committee was to take fleet out of financial services and put it back under public works. They also recommended that uh, facilities also be placed back under public works. So those two operations were moved away, and um, the other thing that the city manager noticed was that our HR department was relocated under the financial services. It was actually dis- kind of dissolved as a department. He did not believe that that was a wise um, way to handle your human resources uh, responsibilities. So he did reestablish the human resources department and he will be hiring a human resources director. So those three operations which had been moved under financial services, fleet, um, f- facilities, and HR were taken out from under financial services and they were reestablished either on their own or placed back in their original locations. So those were some of the things that he did uh, over the last few months. One of the other big recommendations and major re- changes that the city manager uh, suggested to the city council was to take the community redevelopment agency and move those operations back in-house. He recommended that the city council dissolve the uh, existing board of directors and appoint themselves as the board. Now, this is a very common setup in Florida governments, uh, also throughout the country, where the elected body also sits as a community redevelopment agency board of directors. Now, the reason that the city manager made the recommendation was because of the financial concerns regarding the agency. The agency, because of property values, they get their funding on what's called tax increment financing. When the CRA is established, they they set at that point a base value for the property value. And as property value increases, any additional tax revenues that are generated from those from that increased value go directly into the CRA and the CRA is set up to address blight and deterioration 
And what was happening was the CRA was seeing a significant decrease in revenues. And they had about a little over $450,000 estimated to come in uh, in revenues. But their expenditures were well, well, well above that and had been for years. And they were spending down their fund balance. And that raised some concerns because the city manager believes that the CRA should be reinvesting in the CRA area. And those funds should be going into uh, projects and not into operations. The CRA had paid for underground, undergrounding and electrical line in the, uh, in the area. And between the rent that they were paying for their office space and the debt service that was required to pay for the undergrounding, they were nearly using all of the revenue that they were receiving on those two items. So when you're using all of your revenue that's coming in on those two items, yet you still have anywhere from 800000 to $1.3 million in operating costs, then you're going to be reducing your fund balance. And that's also known as reserves, basically. And that's just a, a concern because you really don't want to get the CRA down to $0 and basically out of business where the city is then going to be required to subsidize the operations. And that's how it would have worked. So the CRA operations have now been brought in-house. Uh, we're in the process of reviewing all the operations to see how these services can still be provided and what the best options are. But overall, uh, it was a decision that had to be made for financial reasons. Um, that was a big decision for council, and I think that um, they've probably probably done what they actually really did need to do. Um, so those are some of the issues and activities and events that have occurred this this past year here in 2012. Uh, next year it's going to be a very busy year as well as we start looking at what some of our um, uh, consultants are going to be doing. Uh, we have a consultant, Zucker Systems. He is reviewing the uh, permitting and site review operations permitting and planning down in DCD and Public Works. We also have Burton and Associates doing a revenue um, option study for us, and they'll be putting the model together and presenting that to council. And next year we'll also be doing the citizen survey, uh, so we'll be interested to hear what the community has to say. That about wraps it up for this segment of CapeCast Audio 20. I hope you have a good holiday, and we'll try to get back and do this a little bit more next year. So take care. I'm Connie Barron. We'll see you next year on CapeCast. Cast.